0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, December 22nd. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now. It is a free for all. Anything goes today. We have no theme, we have no guest. It's all up to you. Pick up the phone and join me. 855 950 3835. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything goes, we can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. Those lines are open right now. Start dialing 855 950 Three eight three five. All right, uh, not really a lot going on this week. I talked about uh, these are probably the least productive two weeks of the year. I think even more so this time. Um, I've had I've actually had a pretty good week. I had a couple interesting things happen this week. I haven't been working very hard, but a uh, couple new things that uh, that might break. The, you know, I didn't do a show this year about being prepared for winter driving. Looking at the weather across the country right now, it looks like it might not be a bad time. Although, hopefully, before you left the house for this trip, you were prepared. There's some pretty ugly weather across the country. We've got really unusual weather where we are right now. We've still got some snow on the ground. We went from snow to rain, which is pretty typical for us, but it wasn't enough to melt everything. And now we might be seeing, I don't remember ever seeing temperatures this cold since we've lived here, um, which is over 10 years now. We're down in single digits, which is, I don't know if we're there yet, but we're headed down there. and We're pretty close. Uh, That is really, really cold for us. And then What isn't unusual for us, but it's certainly making it uh, a little more interesting is we, we do get a lot of wind. We're in the gorge. We have all the wind sports here for a reason. So I haven't seen any numbers on what the wind chill factor is, but we are having extremely strong winds. I mean, more so than normal. And we're used to a lot of wind here, but it's really howling. Started last night and looks like it's going to continue. So I've seen, uh, looks like the weather is going to get worse across the country. Uh, Several stories already of highways being shut down, people being stranded, need to be rescued. So just be a little prepared, you know, some food, some water, some ways to stay warm. We've done the list before, you know, having a, a, a snow melt with you in a shovel isn't a bad idea, but at least be prepared to survive in your truck or your vehicle, whatever you take off in. Um, could be rough. Around here, I don't go to the store without being prepared because it's a 20 mile trip through the gorge to the grocery store, and our interstate here does get shut down pretty often. It got shut down for a while yesterday. Uh, so around here, when you get stranded, you could be stranded. So we can talk about that. We can talk about anything else you want today. It is a free for all calls are starting to come in. I did have some things I was going to talk about, but, uh, really is all about you today. So I'll get to the calls I may come back to these stories later. Let's get started in West Virginia today. David, welcome to the program.
1: Hey Kevin, I uh, I had you look at an oil sample there. A couple, uh, it's probably been three weeks ago or so, and it was showing um, lead and copper, and the oil had an extreme amount of. Uh, it had been in the motor way too long. It was a truck that I'd bought up from your friends in Sandusky, Ohio, okay. and uh, so you you kind of scared me a little bit and we were kind of concerned about the bearings. Right. So I went ahead and I, I had the, the pan pulled off and I'd, i went ahead and ordered bearings, uh, just to have them. So I didn't have any extra downtime and, uh, the mechanic went ahead and rolled the bearings in, um, just because it took him 10 hours to get the oil pan off because pack car apparently glues the oil pans on. Um, But he said the bearings look perfectly fine. They look just like bearings with 900,000 miles of wear on them. Uh, Nothing. He said normally he would have never put the new bearings in, but since it took so long to get the oil pan off and I'd already had them, um, he went ahead and installed them. Um, Okay. My question is, whenever – when I did that oil sample, I wasn't thinking, and I drained drained the oil. I took it whenever I drained the oil out for, for an oil change. And the oil was cold. So could that have possibly skewed yes. the the oil sample?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it can, and we're never even sure how it's going to skew it. It can skew it different ways depending on what the problem is. One thing alone is it's just not consistent. One of the things we try to be when we do oil yeah. analysis is be consistent as possible. It's why we like to see... 25,000 mile samples so that it's consistent and we're always comparing the same numbers. We want it to be at operating temperature because some contaminants will settle to the bottom. So you're going to get higher readings on those contaminants when you do a a cold sample. Some contaminants can move their way to the top of the oil instead of the bottom, and you're going to get lower readings for those. So it's, it's a mix, and we don't even know what it's going to look like. What we want is we want that oil yeah, yeah, hot and moving so that all of the contaminants are dispersed throughout the oil, and then we know what numbers we're looking for.
1: Okay, so I need to try to get the oil out of it somewhere other than through the bottom of the oil pan. I don't have an OPS yet. That's something I'm well, looking you can, at.
0: You um, can still take a sample right out of the stream. So you, you go get it up to operating sure temperature, you pull the plug, you let it run just a couple seconds, and then you just stick your bottle into that stream. That'll be fine.
1: Okay. All right. Now, my next question is, since I did, uh, I've got about 8,000 miles on it since he rolled the new bearings in. Um do I need to like take a sample sooner than 25, or just go ahead and wait till 25,000?
0: I'd just wait till 25,000. It, it sounds like that that we didn't, we may not have even needed to be worried about this. I don't know. And you know, we start to see those kind of wear metals. There's going to be some bearing wear, but I, I don't think there's anything yeah. else to worry about on this engine. So I would just wait for 25,000.
1: Yeah, he said the the it, when he pulled the old pan off when he was looking up in there it it was one of the cleanest motors he had ever actually looked into when he was rolling a set of bearings in.
0: Well, that's good. And
1: uh, I had him go ahead and run my run my overhead too, and he said the top of the motor looked just as clean as the bottom. Good. So good. He 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 wasn't worried at all. Like I said, the main reason he wanted to go ahead and put the bearings in was just because it took yeah. so long to get the old pan right. off. And he's like, if you go, you know, a couple months and then you do have an issue, then we got to go through all that trouble getting it off again.
0: No, so, I, I, it, it I, was a good I, um, idea at that point. You've got enough miles on them that even though you might not be able to see the wear, we know there's some, you're already that deep into it. You already yeah. had the bearings. I, I would have put them into.
1: Okay. Now, um, would I see any any fluctuation on my fuel economy by putting them new bearings in, because I noticed, I don't know if it was the bearings or if maybe the overset, when he set my overhead, maybe he didn't get it perfect, but I dropped from a consistent 7.3 down to about 6.25. Um,
0: so down. when you, when you say, I, one of the things we have to be careful of when we're watching fuel economy is... With one truck, short term, it's virtually impossible to figure that kind of stuff out. So when you say I went from seven point okay. something down to six point something, I'm assuming you're only talking about one tank full each time, right?
1: Yeah. I, well, yeah. yeah, It that's just that's span of maybe four tank tankfuls. So well, I think I was just kind of in my head a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's why we tend to use averages as much as possible. The, the variation in one truck and one tank, I mean, I, I've seen variations of more than two miles per gallon just because of conditions, not because anything went wrong. Right yeah. now, this week, we will see some of the worst fuel economy numbers we've seen in a long time because the cold is horrendous on fuel economy. The air gets harder to move through. It's more dense, so our aerodynamics are screwed. All those cold components and cold oils are harder to move through. The tires get stiff. We've got these winds we're dealing with. Our fuel economy is just going to tank during this time. So it's really difficult to say that putting this in or doing that made this change. There's too many other variables. But if we know what your 30-day average was prior to this, and then we check a 30-day average after, then that gets a little closer. I mean, it's a little more accurate. It's still yeah. not perfect, but it's okay. a little more accurate. Now, yeah. could bearing, putting yeah, new bearings in affect fuel economy- please. Possibly, but the biggest effect would probably be negative, actually, if we tighten the engine up a little bit, there's new bearings, everything's got to kind of break in. That shouldn't be enough to even measure. Could getting into the overhead affect fuel economy? Absolutely. Either way. It it typically will get better if we go in and, and get the adjustment where it should be. But occasionally, somebody does an overhead wrong, and it could have the opposite impact.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, well this this was his first Pacquard overhead. I mean it's pretty pretty straightforward. Um he felt confident doing it and like I I was gonna do it myself, but since I already had it in a shop and he was already yeah. working on it, I just went ahead and let him do it. Um
0: Yeah, so, I wouldn't get too worried about full right, mileage I'll,
3: numbers. I'll give right it now.
1: a little bit. Yeah, normally this time of year I, I keep track of it, but I don't stress too much. But it just kind of seemed odd to just, you know, drop like that. But yeah, you're you're right. It just too too short of a span to even worry yeah. about
0: it. Way too many things change, you know, daily. When people call me and they say, "Well, my fuel mileage is all over the place," Yeah, so is everybody's. But that's how fuel mileage works. It will be all over the place. That's why we do averages and it's why we track this. So, because if you're just trying to keep track of this in your head, then you start to think you're seeing those patterns and it's it just track it. Watch the averages, you know, those, those jumps up or down one time here and there are no big deal.
1: Okay. All right. I got uh, one more thing. Um, more or less, prior an opinion more than anything. I got, I have a 38 foot toy hauler, and I've been pulling it with a 2003 International, and I'm wanting to convert it down to a single axle. And it is, see, it's a 236 wheelbase, and I'm considering when I go to a single axle, shorten it down, basically pulling the front axle out, and moving the back axle forward. Um, you think that would make more sense or do you think I'd be better off to leave the link for the ride? Uh,
0: if you, if you were just asking, should you do this work just to shorten it? I would say no, but converting it to a single axle makes a ton of sense. And if I were doing it, I would do it the way you just described to, to pull a fifth wheel. You've already, part of the problem is you start to get long already. I had this when we We stretch the frame to be able to put the smart car up on the back. Then when you see, you know, a a freight trailer, the king pin is set back under the trailer. So when you connect to it, you're shortening the combination. The RVs, the pin is actually out in front of the trailer. So even though I was only pulling a 43-foot trailer, when I hooked up to it with my tractor, I was longer than the typical semi with a 53 foot trailer.
4: Yeah,
1: right now I parked I parked my, beside my, uh, my Kenworth and my 53 foot dry van, and I was lacking about eight inches of being the same length. Right. With so, my buoy hauler.
0: Yeah, so and, anytime wow. you can shorten that combination up, it's going to help because. <sighs> Unless you just never go to RV parks, then it's not going to matter. But getting in and getting around a lot of these RV parks, <laughs> it, it gets pretty difficult sometimes.
1: Yeah, I've already, I've already uh, got into that. Uh, the last RV park I went into on the last holiday, it, it took me about forty-five minutes to get into the. Into the spot because I was in the neighbor's yard and everything else trying to get it in there. It just, yeah, it was it was fun, you know, because they say, "Oh yeah, no problem." People are in there all the time, and then you show up and you're like, "Yeah, I don't think so."
0: Yeah, they're they, you know, like I said, no. I was I was seventy six feet. And getting around a lot of those parks at seventy-six feet got pretty difficult, and you know then you got to jack it in yeah. harder and tighter. So I was constantly breaking springs on the the yeah. uh, trailer and, uh, that's axles what I'm to and. Keep
1: from doing is. Yeah. Yeah, I yes. just wasn't sure how much it would it would change the ride quality because I got I have an air ride fifth wheel uh, for it, but I know it's already a rough he, ride. The air ride fifth wheel helps. Um, So to I know the shorter you go, the more you're going to you're going to beat on it, too. And I'm just trying to hold on.
0: Let's think about something. So you're taking the rear axle out and moving it up to where the front axle used to be. So in Uh one sense, we really haven't changed the wheelbase. Now, I know the way we measure wheelbase okay. means the number is going to change, but think about the physics of what's happening with the truck. You have a, a set amount of
4: space. Yeah, in you
1: between, already got a wheel on the ground.
0: Yeah, in between your steer axle and your front axle. That really kind of determines what the ride is going to be, and you haven't changed that. But now let's think about something else. As a Six by four, and now you're going to convert it to a four by two. As a six by four, you still had the same technical length of wheelbase when it came to ride, but you have two axles hitting the bump now. Once you convert it to a single axle, you only have yeah. one. It actually improves the ride.
1: Okay, that makes sense. See, that's why I asked. The, I wanted to ask you the question because I was. For some reason it's the way I started out thinking, but then I talked to, you know, some other people and they are like, Oh no, it's gonna tear the ride up and it, and it got me thinking it, the wrong way. It, it, yeah, it so, yeah. really
0: doesn't shorten the wheelbase when it comes to ride. Like I said, I know the way we measure a six by four against a six by two. The the length that we would say the wheelbase is will change, but it really doesn't change the physics. Yeah of how that works. And now you're only hitting the bump once, which is actually an improvement. So with the air ride fifth wheel, I would, I would try it. I think you're going to be just happy with the, with the ride. It's not going to be bad at all. If it is, there's a pretty simple improvement you can make with a ping tank. If you've heard us talk about that before.
1: Yeah. I've heard you guys talk about it. I, I just, in my head, when you guys are talking about, I can't visualize it in my head. I, I need to see it on paper so I know how to build one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty simple. All we're doing really is taking any small air tank and plumbing it into the airbags so we they have more volume of air, and that allows a, a softer ride. It's actually a pretty simple installation. I, I wouldn't do it yet, though. I, I would wait because I don't think you're going to need it.
1: But I appreciate the help uh, with, uh, with all my questions today. You have a Merry Christmas.
0: All right. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the call. We've got lines open, 855-950-3835. It's all about you today. It's a free for all. Anything goes. I've got nothing today. So call me up. Let's go to Georgia. Stephen, welcome to the program.
5: Hey, Kevin. Hey, I just wanted to uh, give my opinion, too, about the idea of um, the weight loss testimonials and journey and the little spot on your app to be able to have a spot just to go right to that area and be able to listen to all the testimonials. And if you wanted to interview my wife and I or me about our weight loss journey, you know, and you do it in like an interview fashion, so it keeps it. Keeps it all tight, and uh, I don't ramble on about stuff. Uh, then absolutely, I would uh, I would do that.
0: That would be awesome. We'd we'd love to do that. And and you know we keep throwing this idea out there. The testimonials are so powerful that we need to do a better job of collecting more of them and and making them available. I really think that's uh, that's one of the 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 biggest influence. Is for other people to try this. Is when they hear those results over and over and over.
5: Yeah, and that's it. the testimony. When people can hear it over and over again, it really does change people, and it at least gets them thinking. Well, maybe I can do it. Uh, you know, I just had a conversation last night with some a group of people, a driver and an office personnel. They had big ZD uh, on a on a plate and they were sharing it for a holiday dinner or whatever. So I just kind of, uh, went on about everything with them. And then all of a sudden last night, uh, the office personnel was texting me, is this safe? Is this good? Is this bad? And (laughs) and even if he doesn't go far with it, at least he's thinking more about it than he was before. So
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. uh, yeah,
5: Absolutely. Man, it would be awesome. Especially if we could go right to a certain section and just, listen to whichever ones, you know, it it would be great.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I understand why people are so skeptical about any kind of health or diet advice because we've been hearing it for decades and it hasn't worked. You know, no matter what they keep telling us, eat low-fat this, count your calories, you got to go move more, you need to go to the gym six times a week. Everything they've told us, Nothing seems to work because people just keep getting fatter and sicker. And I, so clearly, I think people are just tired of it. And then the whole argument, should I eat more plants? Should I eat more animals? Should I eat fake meat? Should it, I, I, people are just absolutely tired of it. And nothing has really worked, you know, for the last several decades. It, there's another report out, the life expectancy for Americans has gone down again. The life expectancy for people living in this country is now the lowest it's been in 25 years. It, how long do we have to keep doing this before we realize something is really broken with our system?
6: Yeah,
5: you know, and I don't think I've shared with you with a couple times I've talked to you about this. My wife and I, we're also team operation, so our sleeping is all over the board. We have no set schedule. We might run as a team for the next two days, and then we might have three days of not running as a team. And, right. just, and sometimes it's made on, on that. So our, when I tell people, not only are we doing this while driving truck, we we're running a team where we don't, and we've got a big bump. So I know people think, oh, you know, you got the longer wheelbase and you get to sleep better. But these it, roads in America are terrible. So they we are. We don't awful. sleep the best when we're running like that.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, we I, I, I've looked at a lot of occupations and I can't find many occupations that are less healthy than driving a truck. And then when it's a team operation, we figured out it's even worse because the sleep and the schedule is just a mess. And other than making sure you do everything else you can to stay healthy, there are just some things we, we I, I don't know how to make them better. I, I don't know how to, you know, right. make it easy for a truck driver to move more often during the day. Like we tell office workers, you know, your your wearable device can, you know, remind you to get up and, you know, walk around a little bit every hour. You just can't do that when you're driving a truck. It's just not practical at all. So we just have to do everything no. we can to be healthier. And, and you two are a great example. If you remember way back at the beginning of this, I said, if we're going to tackle this health thing, My goal is going to be to make an example of truck drivers, of how healthy you can be, even with a horrible occupation and lifestyle. And I I think we've proven that there's an awful lot of things you can do to make it better.
5: Yeah. And, you know, we were at a Thanksgiving dinner and you were talking about the plant-based stuff. And our family member said... Uh, would you like some plant-based butter? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Plant-based? So I just said, you know what's funny? I said, you got plant trying to be butter, plant trying to be chicken, plant trying to be beef. I said, I never, ever see a beef, a cow trying to be a plant. I never see a chicken trying to be a plant. And I definitely never see butter trying to be, uh, you know, uh, a plant typically. Uh, So I said, think about it a minute. The plant is trying to be everybody else but itself.
0: It, it, that that seems to be the theme, though, right now, because we have men who claim they're women just because they claim they're women. Um, <laughs> why can't you know plants claim they're chickens, even though they're really not chickens?
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a cra- definitely a crazy world right now. <laughs>
0: it, it, it is, and you it, get the
5: kids trying to be cats in school. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of funny because what else are you going to do other than laugh? But it, it you know, it, it what's part of what's surprising for me in this whole thing is, like I said, most of the advice they've given us for the last fifty years has just failed miserably, whether it's been low fat or you know, what's the next super food that's going to make us so healthy? You know, we're going to start eating this berry now because it's the healthiest food on the planet. And we've been through those. They never do anything. You can start eating their latest health food and, you know, superfood and nothing changes. You're still sick. Your joints still hurt. You're still gaining weight. So what's surprising to me is that The results of eating this way, some sort of paleo-based diet, and it seems like the more extreme we make it, whether it's, you know, very high fat or, you know, carnivore or close to it, the results have been incredible, and they are consistently incredible across the board, not just the people that listen to this show, but... You know, hundreds of other doctors and practitioners who are working on this stuff. The results are so consistent and they're so good, and yet it still doesn't really catch on.
5: Uh, you know, and it's interesting to watch the followers. Uh, my wife and I, we actually have a, a lot of people that follow us in the background they don't really show uh, on facebook or you know congratulate us to other people but we'll get messages and they're congrats thank you so much for for sharing your story on facebook i know i don't comment but i've lost 100 pounds my husband's lost 100 pounds That's because awesome. of you guys promoting you know so if there's if, how many people out there that don't even talk about it at all as well so when i tell people when you start losing weight and and it's part of being an example. Now I was telling the people last night. I said, "Look, I said my wife and I are trying to be examples. And here's the problem now is we can never get fat again. I said because we are trying to be that example, and we have to hold to it for the rest of our life. So so the people following us keep following us, and um, yeah, and it's working.
0: Yeah." You know, that, that that is a good point. I, I sometimes get discouraged because when I see the big picture, you know, I see what's going on on social media, there's still this huge fight that you should be a vegan and it's better for the planet and it's better for us and, and none of that is true. I mean, we have so much proof now that as human beings, we should be eating an awful lot of animal products. It should be by far the majority of our diet. So sometimes it can get frustrating when you look at the big picture every day, but it, it, when I hear stories like yours, and then the fact that you now have people that are are doing it because you did it and you led them to it, and I think about all the people out there, we don't see that. You know, I th- sometimes that's the frustrating part for me. I see what goes on in the mainstream media and they're still pushing all the wrong stuff. And sometimes we don't, we don't see what's going on under the surface, which is another good reason why we should put more work into keeping testimonials out there.
5: This husband, this is a husband and wife specifically that has thanked us over and over again. And the wife has battled health issues for a long time and she's wanted to get a breast reduction surgery for years, but the doctors kept telling him, you need to lose a little bit of weight before we'll do the surgery. And she they never explained how to lose the weight, exactly. uh, just said you need to do it. So she... She fought it for years and then finally started following us and lost over 50 pounds. The wow. doctor approved her surgery. She was able to get a breast reduction surgery. Then her husband had been on statins uh, and sugar diabetes medicine for years. Again, never explained how to get off of it by the doctors. Just here's some pills and you'll be ready for some more later on. And he, he started following us with his wife and he's off of all of his meds. And here's what his doctor tells him. I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing what you're doing. It, so What do you mean you don't know what I'm doing? I'm eating clean.
0: It, so here's the other thing that makes me a little crazy, because that always seems to be what these doctors say, that I don't know what you're doing, but it's really working, so keep doing it. Wait a minute, Doc. Why don't? Why doesn't it occur to you instead of saying, I don't know what you're doing? Why don't you ask them what they're doing?
5: Because they can't admit that a truck driver is, uh, has a little bit more knowledge uh, on nutritional than... And I've got family in the medical field, doctor field. They work at the hospital. And boy, do they get livid with me when I say I don't trust doctors. I trust them for the trauma and all that. I said, but I don't want their nutritional advice ever. And boy, they just get offended. Like They just can't handle that doctors are not that intelligent on nutrition.
0: And that's all it is. It's not that we think we're smarter than doctors. Doctors are obviously very intelligent people. It's not easy to become a doctor. The problem is the system is so corrupted. And why would they why would we think or why would they think that they have any real knowledge of nutrition. It was never a part of their curriculum. It was never a part of what they learned and what little bit they might've gotten has just been proven to be so wrong. It would be like wondering why our dentist doesn't know how to align our truck. But Why would they? They were never taught that. Doctors just don't want to admit that they were never taught the single most important factor when it comes to our health.
5: You know, and I I thank you for convincing me. Uh, even though you don't understand, you know, you didn't do it personally, but on the on the radio, you convinced me to start listening. I've been driving truck for twenty years. I just started listening to nutritional books like three years ago, and I'm a little slow at it, but I'm up to eighty books uh, on awesome. nutrition, and many of them I've had to li- I've had to listen to Wheat Belly. Dr. Jason Fung stuff over and over again, because there's just so much info in them to take them all in um, that. So not only have I listened to 80 books, many of them I've listened to over and over again. So the amount of hours I've invested into the knowledge uh, is far more than any doctor is is given. So I should know more. Exactly.
0: And I don't understand why people will look at that and go, Oh, but, all you did was read a book or all you did was read something online or you listened to a podcast. Well, okay. You are correct. I read a book. I listened to somebody explain something to me. I watched a video of somebody doing something. How is that different from going to medical school? That's exactly what you do. If you go to medical school, you read a book, you listen to somebody explain something to you. You watch somebody. What's the difference?
5: The only thing we're missing is a test to grade us on an A to a D. Uh, Exactly. Good point. That's all we're missing is a grading on what we learned.
0: That is about the only piece missing. But learning is learning. I don't care whether I did it on the internet or in a classroom somewhere. I either either know the information or I don't.
5: But if I've gone from 250 pounds down to 130, my wife's gone from 150 down to, 100, uh, 250 down to 150, that's a grade A. I don't care how you look at it. That's a success. That is a grade A in my book.
0: And, and absolutely. And results count for more than anything. I, I've said before we can't argue this whole nutritional health thing based on research and science. As much as we would like to, we can't. The research is all over the board. I can go find research from Stanford or Harvard or MIT or whatever the hell you wanna get it from that proves just about anything you wanna prove about health. If you wanna prove that being a, a vegan and, you know, whatever it works you can go find research that shows that it works so if the research makes it look like everything works or nothing works then most of the research is just worthless what we need to look at are real world results we can look at what the government's nutritional advice has done to us and you know we talk about this all the time go find pictures of people on the beach from the 60s and 70s, and compare them to pictures of people on a beach today. That's that's what the government advice has done to us. Those are the results. You can't argue them. You can't make them go away. You can show me all the research you want saying low fat, low calories, the only way to lose weight and be healthy, except the results prove that that is total bullshit and it doesn't work. Now we have results from people who are eating this way, and the results are pretty incredible.
5: Well, and I think, you know, you've got your people that are successful with vegan or vegetarian, whatever. and They're thin people, but they, in my opinion, they always look older. And when we get healthier this way, I feel we've honestly looked younger uh, than the others.
0: And there's a pretty simple explanation for it. I mean, one, our mitochondria and our cells are getting healthier. But, but one of the physical things about our appearance that people notice, first, the condition of our skin. Is it wrinkly and dry and, and you know, papery looking? And, and that's when we start to look old. And low fat will do that to you. Our, our skin loves lots and lots of fat, That's what makes our skin nice and soft and smooth and keeps it young looking. So just the fat alone is a big part of that whole, you know, why we look better. But you're right, you you see the, the vegans or the vegetarians or the people that go, you know, really low calorie and then work out all the time. They may lose some weight, they may be thinner, but they're not healthy. These are the same people who always seem to be fighting some sort of digestive disorder or skin disorder or they're allergic to this food or that food. They just aren't
5: healthy. And you talk about the average lifespan going down. This is another thing I tell people when I talk to them. I'm like, look, the average person starts working at 18 years old, starts putting into social security at 18 years old. Let's just use easy numbers. The average person at earliest will start collecting social security at 68 years old. That's 50 years of investing. Now the average lifespan was at 77 or whatever, and it's going down, but it's Within ten years, so you're going to work fifty years for your social security system, and then only get ten years of benefit out of that. I said, who who's winning? I said, I want to live to be a hundred years old because I want to take a, I want thirty years out of that. I at least want to get to half of what I've got invested into the. <laughs> Not that I'm going to use that as my retirement, but, right. but that's my money.
0: Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I've said the only way to win on social security is you just have to live a really long time.
5: And I'm with you, man. I want to. I want to be over a hundred. I want to be able to collect that check for over thirty years.
0: That's right. And and when I'm ninety nine, I still want to be able to kick somebody's ass if they piss me off.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I want to be working into my seventies and eighties still on on my own time on on what I want to do. Uh, I want to be moving.
0: Yes, I agree. All right, good stuff, Stephen. Uh, right, I appreciate. Yeah, thanks for, and and keep on us on this program, because we've got to do this. We've just, uh, we've got to find some time, and I've got to get some of these big projects wrapped up
5: we need more callers to call you and let you know that we're willing to do that. So you don't just have three people saying, well, all right, I got three that no, there's plenty of us out here and plenty of us that will do it. We just got to inform you. So you do know there is a support behind that idea because it would be awesome.
0: Excellent. Good stuff. All right. Merry Christmas. We will talk to you again soon. Let's head off to California. Sarah, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Kevin. I just wanted to share something interesting I noticed. Um, Today's Thursday. I've been fasting since uh, Monday evening. And on a normal week where we're driving on our seven and three split back, you know, let's say all the way across the country, um, my body battery will continue to go down through that week. I'll be in the teens and single digits and... Like I was talking about yesterday, running on the seven and three split, um, your circadian rhythm is whacked. We're up all hours, up and down all hours of the day. Yeah. And that for both of us, that seven hours down isn't even a seven, never a seven hour sleep. Because we still have a puppy who every like halfway through that, some, once, sometimes twice in the middle of that seven hour says, hey, I got to go potty. <laughs> we have to stop and take him outside uh, yep. and whether I'm sleeping or driving, I'm the one who has to get up and take him potty. Um yeah. There he goes.
0: I, um, somebody wants to chime in on that but, story.
2: But I, Yeah. But I noticed that even though I still have the broken sleep this week, my body battery is right now it's like Seventy-one, and I topped out at ninety-one on my three-hour sleep break, nice. where I only got—I only got like an hour of broken sleep. Yeah. But this week's fasting, I am not tanking on my body battery. It's actually really high.
0: So. And
2: I know that has something to do with.
0: Go ahead. Uh oh. Sarah? Call's still there. Sarah? oh, Duke,
2: Duke, Duke Reach I'm here. Can you there hear me? There
0: you are. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah, Duke tapped the mute button on my phone somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, he was up on the dash and I heard it beep and the, you <laughs> couldn't hear me. And I looked, he tapped the mute button. It, there um, you go. Anyway. On a normal week, I, or a regular trip, I am eating, mostly I try to eat during the day, but eating and then going to sleep. And, and I know that that, that having food in your system, when you go to sleep really messes up the kind of sleep you get. So right now, since I'm not eating and going to sleep when I'm done, even though it's very short, broken sleep, my body battery is just recovering like gangbusters.
0: So this is interesting, I'm not surprised, but I I guess I'm pleasantly surprised to see this, but there's, it's very easy to explain really. We've talked about many, many Mm -hmm. times how much energy the digestion process takes. It's one of the most energy intensive processes our body goes through to digest food. And we also have to remember if we're eating the way we should be, which is mostly carnivore, protein is one of the hardest things to digest. So it's just it's energy intensive to digest that food. That would make sense that if we're eating more often, even if it's only once a day, that's going to drain our body battery more than if we don't eat. We don't need to use that energy to digest the food, and we have plenty of energy stored on our body, so it's not stressful for our body to go through fasting. It's not stressful at all. It's the opposite. It's actually de-stressing our body. So it's really interesting to see that that's how that affects your body battery. Makes total sense, but it's, it's really good to have that proof of two things. One, that we are correct, Fasting has lots of benefits. This is one of them. It also shows us that this watch mm-hmm. is actually accurate in the way it's measuring these things.
2: Yeah, I feel, I feel great. Like I'm, like I said, it's, it's I started on Monday evening. So it's like into the third day, but I feel great. I haven't been hungry or craved anything the last, since I started. And I just, You know, some people had made some comments like, "How you know? How are you gonna? Are you do this? Are you doing this while you're driving?" Um, Thinking that it might be harder, but actually, you, you, my mind is clear. I'm not hungry. I'm sleeping better, even though it's still in those short, chopped up chunks. Right. And I don't know. I I can see going, you know, longer and longer. Just. like I said, I'm doing this to not, not for myself as much. I mean, it's a little bit for me. I feel really good doing it, but not for myself as much as for a friend of ours who's also fasting to work, try and kill the cancer that he has in his body.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. It's, it, you know, I, I, it, again, it. we've known this, this is one of those areas where there is research and science and you can go look at it and, Uh, I've certainly never seen any research or science that says there's any downside to fasting. The only Mm -hmm. thing we could potentially look at at some point is is somebody fasting so much that they create some sort of nutrient deficiency over time. But I I just don't think that's the case. I think our body is designed to really remember the phrase feast or famine. I really think that's the way our body mm-hmm. is designed to work. When there's food, human beings can gorge themselves, and they probably should. You know, you have a big kill, an animal, you, you gorge yourself because that the food's there and it's available, and then we might go several days where there isn't a whole lot of food available, and, and I just think that's how we evolved, and that's our, our body just prefers that.
2: so i i think I, I wanted to share this because maybe people could experiment if somebody's experiencing real run down can't get your body, body battery up try fasting yeah let let your body take a break just just like when you're sick let your body take a break from digestion so it can build back up its stamina
0: that's a that's a great point and i probably need to work some fasting into this whole Stress protocol—that that may be one of the ways. I, I was talking the other day where some people get so run down that we're struggling to to kind of jumpstart them again. You know, it, it, even the stress protocol is too much. You know, I can't have them do all four things in a day. It's just it just wears them out. So now we're down to okay, well, let's just do the breathing today, and you know, let's do the cold exposure tomorrow because they're they're just so run down. Maybe this is one of those steps we could take. So I'm, I've been looking at this now as a multi-step approach, not, you know, here's the protocol, you do all of this on day one. Now I'm looking at a couple of weeks of adaptogens, mm-hmm. then a couple of weeks of supplements, then moving into the physical protocol, um, but it looks like mm-hmm. and it, it might make a lot of sense to do it during that first 30 days where we do a couple weeks of adaptogens a couple weeks of supplements we should work fasting into there too
2: yeah just and and a focus on listening to your body not yeah. oh i have to i have to fast for 5 days during this part of the thing it's very because we have we have such different options um, you know, bio-individuality and all, and we all have different situations and sleep cycles and work, work cycles. Fasting also helps you focus on your body. Yeah. Listen to it. Good if, point. you know, you wake up or you go through a day and you just, I need something, have a, have a glass of bone broth. See how that affects you. Maybe you want to keep fasting. Maybe that wakes something up and you're like, you know what? I am hungry. I do need some nutrients and minerals and I'm going to have have a you know can of sardines and some fermented some fermented uh, vegetables and then I'm gonna just intermittent fast for a while. Just it, it, it's a very fluid thing. Like there's not there's not one diet that's good for everybody. There's not one stress protocol that's gonna help everybody. It, it, it's like a, a page full of options.
0: Yeah, good point. Try exactly. this,
2: try that, and see what works see what works for you. Right. It's fun to experiment too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I, I like that and it makes sense. It's good to see that, uh, that you're actually getting that result and you can see it in the numbers.
2: I was very excited, uh, very surprised by it because we, we, we've run straight through from Monday till now, just constantly trading on and off. And it's like, Usually I'm I'm down to five and six body battery by this point in a set of runs. And I'm looking right. at it and like I, I woke up after an out sleeping an hour and it's a 91. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And then I scrolled back through the last couple of days and I'm like, you know, this has really this has really kept my body battery up this week. And that, that surprised me. So I, I had to share that. Yeah. But everybody have a great Christmas and we'll talk to you next Wednesday.
0: All right. Merry Christmas, Sarah. Uh, yeah. So. If you're fasting and you have the Garmin watch, pay attention to that. I I think that's a really interesting point. It does make a lot of sense though. Let's go to New York this time. Zane, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, Kevin, how you doing?
0: Good, what can I help you with today?
4: Hey, so uh, first I want to just say uh, thanks for all the information about improving our health. I've listened to several books uh, that you suggested, like uh, "Eat Fat, Get Thin," uh, "The Obesity Code," "The Diabetes Code." I'm not diabetic, but I my highest weight was 350, so I decided I got to do something. So I started uh, the carnivore diet. Okay. Uh, in the last uh, almost a month, I've lost over 20 pounds wow and i feel great I, just like the previous caller i mean i i make sure i get enough sleep and my knee pain has gone away um the only thing right now is um uh, when i got back from one of my trips i had i got gout in my foot and uh, it's been about a week and uh one of the um doctors there i think it was Uh, Dr. Hyman or maybe Dr. Lustig said about uh, red meat can cause gout, the uric acid. So is there anything you can suggest like besides just hydrating and icing it that will help it? Um,
0: Yeah. There's actually a, a supplement we have that it's a digestive supplement, but it's got a weird, other pathway that it uses. So if you if you take this particular supplement with food, it actually helps digest food. Uh, it's some enzymes and some other things. What we've discovered over time is okay. if you take it away from food, so there's no food for it to digest, it becomes a pretty powerful anti-inflammatory. And that's really what we're trying to do when there's pain. We're trying to, to bring that inflammation down, which is what causes the pain. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it seems a little odd. If you use this as a digestive aid, you take one or two when you eat food. If you use it as an anti-inflammatory, you take like 10 to 12 of them without food. And it, it's it's better than taking Tylenol or Advil or any of those other over-the-counter medications because there's no real negative side effects to this. So that that's one thing you can do. The other, this idea that red meat causes gout is not technically correct. Um, if that were the case, everybody eating carnivore would be suffering from gout, but they're not. So it, it, it's another one of those things we've really gotten wrong. Um, high fructose consumption, it could be the problem. It doesn't sound like you're getting a lot of fructose. Uh, there's a couple things we can no, do. i one, I've- You could get a uric acid meter and find out if this truly is uric acid or not. It could be oxalates. And at first we were confused about this because we thought, well, wait a minute. If we're eating carnivore, our oxalate load must have gone way down. Why would we get those symptoms now? Why didn't we get them when we were eating all the foods that had the oxalates in them? What tends to happen, believe it or not, is when our body is used to a diet that's high in oxalates and then we eliminate them almost completely, when you go to a carnivore diet, our body actually starts releasing them from our tissues and they start moving around in our body and our body's trying to detox and get them out. But during that time, they're going to cause problems. And one of the problems that oxalate crystals can cause are the exact same symptoms that uric acid crystals cause. So it's the same result, but we need to make sure we're looking at the right root cause. And I think even some of these doctors are missing that point. They keep going back to their old training that says red meat causes gout. It doesn't. That's incorrect. There are purines in red meat that can make the chances of gout higher, but it, it happens in the presence of all the fructose and the other garbage in our diet. So when we see somebody go carnivore and then they think they have gout, many times what we're finding is it's really oxalate crystals causing the problems. And all you can do is just keep working Okay, that makes it. sense. Eventually your body's going to detox. Now you can actually add some oxalates back in to actually slow down this process so it's not as uncomfortable. So you might want to try adding things like dark chocolate or beets. Uh, the uh, Cardio Miracle's got some beet powder in it and some other um, nutrients that would help but sometimes this is just a detox reaction and we have to get through it.
4: Okay. That makes sense. And I, as far as the sugars go, um, I have cut sugars out completely in Good. the last month and, uh, Excellent. I, that information on the fructose. I mean, when I listened to the lean fat or uh, get eat fat, get thin, I, I just couldn't believe, um, all these years, has been lied to. It's like,
0: Isn't it awful? I, I, you, know, you, you know, on one it hand, is. it's awful that so many of us, at my age, I think we, in some ways, I feel like we got the worst of it, but that's not true because every generation after mine has actually been worse, but at least now we're finally, we have information that we can start to turn this around, but I, I think of how awful this was. I why I should have known all of this in my teens and twenties and I would have lived a much better life if I would have known this.
4: Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All that in the seventies there when uh, Nixon made all those adjustments and changes. Yeah. It was I mean, awful. I was, I was preteen and it was like, you know, follow the pyramid and I, all the cereals and everything that's, you know,
0: And and we just keep doing it and we just keep getting sicker and sicker. And and so now I I think, okay, you know, we could look at it that way and be bitter about, you know, how much better those decades could have been. Or since we can't change that, we might as well just turn it around and say, I'm so grateful that I figured it out in my fifties. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I agree. That's, that's what I'm looking at now. It's kind of like, um, I just I just want to reverse everything. Yeah. And, and what was amazing to me is like you, you mentioned about, you know, look at the results. Um, and like one of the other callers just mentioned, uh, the first two weeks that I tried this, I could not believe how my body felt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd wake up in the morning and I, I felt like I had energy. I didn't feel like a truck hit me.
0: Isn't that crazy? You know, I, I, I know. just... It It is. That's part of what frustrates me because we have had people report results in less than 48 hours. They'll say, wait, how can this be? How can I be feeling so much better already? And, And here's the sad part. That's how toxic our diet is. That if you can just avoid the typical diet for 48 hours, you already start to feel better. But but I, I I've said this before, and it's hard to get our head around this, but think about prior to hearing all of this advice. Was there ever a day in your life that you didn't eat grains? Nope. No, no, I, you got to stop and think bread. about that. We, the, 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 the standard American today, it, their whole life, there, there might not ever be a 48-hour period where they didn't eat grains. So how would we know what we feel like if we don't eat all that stuff? The only way to know is to not eat it, yeah. and that almost never happens. About the only time we might go that long without eating grains or all that other garbage is that we were so sick we couldn't eat at all. Well, at that point, you're not going to feel better. You're sick. So we don't realize that, you know, we could feel so much better so quickly.
4: Yeah, and uh, Dr. Fung, I started doing intermittent fasting last week. I'm doing, I'm actually going to increase it to, uh, I didn't think I could do it because I thought, man, I'm going to be (laughs) starving. I know, I know. uh, The one thing I started this week was, he talks about the dawn effect, yes. and I thought, okay, because i've always said, you know I've always been told breakfast is the most important meal
5: <laughs> right and
4: for the last uh, three days i haven't i haven't broke my fast till like noon
0: that's awesome
4: and and I feel fine yeah it's like man it, so it, I, I just wanted to say thanks for that, and i I'll I check this out about the oxalates and I think it is a detox instead of the uh, gout. So I, I think so. Cause my body's got a long way to go.
0: Yep. Excellent. Zane, keep it up. And I, I want to hear back from you. I, I love getting these progress reports. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome to the program.
3: What's up, Kevin? As soon as I started to call in, you dove right into the oxalate Because I remember that happened to me when I fell off the wagon. And I was like, that's it. I'm going into this. And I dove back into it. And within a week, I, I was almost crying. I called you that time. I was going home. I was in tears. I couldn't, like, I drove a dump truck. I couldn't even go out to walk to a window to get a ticket. Yeah. I was in that much pain. And it was just because I dove right in. So I think that's more than likely what he's seeing with that, you know? yeah it, it it's, just it's crazy and it's like it, it feels like gout, man. you had you it, you know <laughs> it,
0: it, it's really hard and I understand why the more traditional doctors like uh, you know a Dr. Hyman or somebody like that might you know start saying, oh no, it's the red meat causing the gout but that that that's just not what's happening that That's still that old school thought no. process. It, it it makes sense because it the the symptoms are exactly the same, so it, it's easy to fall into that trap thinking well it has to be uric acid. Well, let's not fall. It, here is a case where I absolutely agree with Doctor Wolfson. Test, don't guess. You know, if you're feeling right, yeah. pain, or I mean, if if what you're having is gout pain, your your uric acid is going to be way elevated, not a little elevated, you know, not three or four or five points above the range. You're going to be 10 or 15 or 20 points above the range. If you're having that kind of pain, that you're going to see it in a uric. And you can buy a meter for 30 or 40 bucks on Amazon and strips aren't that expensive and you don't have to test that often, but you could test your, your uric acid level once in a while. And my guess is if you've gone carnivore, it's going to be slightly elevated, might be a couple points out of the range. That's not what's causing your pain though. If that's the case and it's only slightly no, elevated, no. then this is going to be an oxalate issue.
3: One thing that might help for him, I, I mean, unfortunately I get home every night, but when I had that, I was I was doing Epsom salt baths because just to try and mean to get some kind, you know what I mean? Some kind of oh, no, relief from the pain, that's but good advice, it yeah. helped. Yeah. It helped a lot, you know, but I don't know if he's on the road. I go, but he can do it, too. Not for now, he can go somewhere and buy a little bucket. I mean, there's, you can improvise. That is amazing what it does. Like I said, cause I've had so much issues with my feet, and I've always right. done that. And yeah. just like, like I said, you know, it, it'll help him. So, yep. All right, I'll let someone else get in here. Thanks, Kev, for all you do. We appreciate it. And like everyone listening, just like that guy, you wait till he, but I, but I want to hear him call in again too is when he keeps going further with this, you uh, know, because I, I, I remember how I felt and, and the enthusiasm. And then when to, to hear somebody, you know, go through the same thing, like I said, pain-free and, 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 and change their life, and then it's just like... It's, it's, it's an amazing change at the lifestyle, you know? So, you know, he, Merry Christmas he, he, to everybody out there, man. Enjoy yeah. your holidays.
0: Merry Christmas, Terrence. Thanks for the call. So, we've got, uh, we we uh, just passed the hour mark there, and I don't have any calls. So, uh, I've got a couple things to talk about. I'll wait a minute or two. If you want to jump in, now would be your chance. Anything goes. Ask me anything you want. 855 95038. Three, five, You know, one of the other things that's so encouraging about this. So when you get a caller like that, he's uh, started into this recently. He's getting great results already. You hear the enthusiasm in their voice. We always run that risk of falling off the wagon. How many times do we hear people say that? But the risk is a lot less with this approach. And the biggest reason by far, Two big reasons. One, the results, you actually get really good results really quickly that helps you stay motivated. But the other big factor is the difference between this and other diets is the hunger factor. That's what drives everybody back to eating their old way. They're hungry all the time. When you try to eat low fat and restrict calories and then move more, You will be hungry all of the time, and hunger is a very powerful force. None of us have enough willpower to continually resist true hunger, but this works because you don't have true hunger. It's the opposite. This kills your appetite. It makes it so much easier to do. All right, so I see a couple calls coming in. I'll, uh, I'll hang out here and we'll take them. This is the final show before the, uh, the Christmas weekend here. I'm going to be off tomorrow and Monday. Then we'll have a short week next week. I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. So we'll have the Power Hour, Destination Health, and a free-for-all next week. And then we'll have another long weekend and then we'll uh we'll come back and hit it hard. I, I'm I'm really kinda taking it easy during these couple of weeks. Uh, other than the show, I haven't been doing much of anything this week. So we're gonna take a break, then we're gonna come back and hit it hard. Let's go to Iowa. Steve, welcome. Good morning.
7: Good morning.
0: What's on your mind today? I've uh well,
7: my, my sister-in-law is uh, in need of some prayer. She, uh, she's she been a nurse her entire life, uh, taught nursing, volunteered at a hospital um, in her retirement. And she needs to, uh, you know, she's kept up on uh, vaccines and that because you're required and uh, she didn't feel real great. She was a little tired, and uh, but she got a, vaccine, a booster on Wednesday, so she could volunteer on Thursday. And on uh, Friday, she was in the emergency room. My, my brother thought that uh, she was having a stroke. Oh boy! But it it turns out it was COVID delirium because she had COVID, didn't know it, didn't have respiratory. There were no symptoms. And they gave her the shot, and of course, when they started looking this stuff up, it's it's a real thing that's called the delirium and the, the hospital. Oh no, it's it's not it's not the shot, you know, because well, they require her to get it, you know. And uh, in a couple of days, the the state uh, they uh, they shipped her up to a to a, a state of as, uh, an asylum that you know, where they kind of send you to die and it it, it went over a weekend and my uh, brother and my uh, niece and nephew put together a presentation and sent everybody registered letters and you know this is a real thing and uh they they were able to snatch her from the state and but now she's in a cataponic state and uh, but they narrowed it down. I think there's tests everywhere. Male clinics involved in that. And, uh, oh. They think it's uh, auto autoimmune encephalitis. And they told my brother yesterday, uh, a woman her age, uh, there's a very slim chance she's going to survive. that it was because they, the doctor, the last doctor she had at the hospital uh, that she was in, the same hospital she uh, volunteered at, um, you know, the one that said, Oh, no, it's not this. And I've treated thousands of COVID patients, and I've never had anything but uh, COVID uh, um, fog, you know, where your brain's a little foggy. Uh, but there's, you, you look, uh, you put in the computer uh, COVID delirium, and there's all sorts of papers and studies. And, but, you know, I was too busy. She's 71, so, you know.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, uh... yeah. you know, 71 today should still be young. You know, there there's no reason why we yep. can't be fit and healthy and vibrant at 71, and we should be. And uh, these stories are are way, they're happening way too often to just be explained away. You know, I, I, I read another one today about... Uh, uh, think she was an actress, she was some sort of a celebrity. Um, she died at 32, and this was a year or so ago. And, you know, we weren't paying attention to all these deaths back then. We weren't, you know, we, we started to say, hey, wait a minute, it seems like a lot of, you know, famous people are dying suddenly, which is the term now, died suddenly. So now people are even going back and re-looking at some of these. So they went back to relook at this particular case and the coroner came out and said, oh no, we've got it all figured out. She got into a car accident 10 years ago. They did some sort of surgery uh, 10 years ago because of the car accident. Now they're trying to blame the surgery from 10 years ago. Well, come on, that doesn't happen. People don't die from a surgery they had 10 years ago. They said she had sepsis and... they're trying their best to explain this away, but uh, come on, think about it. How, how many times has she ended up in the emergency room for no apparent reason throughout her life? And all of a sudden, after getting the, the, the vaccine within days or just a week or two, people are having all kinds of weird health issues. Autoimmune encephalitis. Uh, okay, I've never heard of that before. It's obviously not all that common. So it's just, this is so sad that not only have we already killed and injured and maimed so many people, but even with all the evidence now, they still don't want to admit it and we're still injuring people. I mean, was she required to get that booster still? Are they they still requiring like regular boosters?
7: Yeah, because she had to go through the same stuff that uh, regular healthcare professionals have to in certain places. And, uh, you know, she never had COVID. Uh, she, she had the shots and everything. She was an instructor at nursing. And you, you had to. You, you had to do no, it. No, I know. She would that's, do it. And,
0: that's you know. the problem. Yeah. Nobody should yeah. have and then, to. And,
7: yeah. Right, right. and. She probably would have anyway. She's got a lot of faith in this, this stuff. But, uh, but now she she survived breast cancer and she had a a tumor that was grew around her optic nerve that had a slow growth by uh, radiation inoperable. Pretty, but it was a benign tumor. But it, it's so, they've only seen it one other time. But she was she was perfectly healthy. But you know, is there? they're wondering if maybe, uh, you know, it has something to do with, uh, you know, the enzymes or or whatever chemicals uh, the tumors give off, maybe it reacts with the vaccine. And I said, well, you know, when you have an experimental vaccine and there's no data and then you uncover the data that's there, it, it, you know.
3: Yeah.
5: I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, so to- Well, I actually, Two things I, I that, was going to
7: say. I actually got COVID. Uh, or oh, go
3: ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, two things that come to mind here. I want to go back now. You said something. I want to make sure I'm understanding this right. Are they saying that when they gave her this booster, they believe she already had COVID?
7: Yeah, she did. She, she felt, you know, she had a little upset stomach, and she was kind of fatigued, and but she had no respiratory symptoms, no fever. And it's, it's a thing. You're not supposed to get the vaccine or a booster when you have uh, so, COVID. So if COVID trend is sitting there, why don't they test for COVID before they I, give you the shot? It's $9. You know,
0: well, here would be part of the problem. The tests aren't very accurate. But why don't we think about this? If this is such an issue that it's not safe to get the vaccine if you already have COVID. And we now know that the Omicron variant is so mild that lots of people are getting COVID. Many of them don't even know it. Why are we so willing to push a vaccine for a disease that's so mild people don't even know they have it?
7: Well, I, um... I was going to say before, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, got COVID. Uh, two and a half years, and I hadn't caught it, but I I was under a whole bunch of stress. I wasn't eating right, you know, so I, I wasn't minding my immune system, and I got it, but it was like a bad cold, you yeah, know? exactly. Uh, five days, six days, it was over with, you know, so... See, and I'm golden now. I don't need a vaccine. I got the best immunity there is.
0: I've had it and got over it. So. As far as I know, I, I still haven't had it. I, I, I was sick that one time when I was stressed and on the road and spent all that time at the truck show. And, well, you know, my coach broke down because you came out and rescued me and helped me fix yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> It was a pretty yeah, stressful. Stress. Sure. Yeah, it was a pretty stressful time, and, and I wasn't eating right, and I stopped all my supplements, and I got sick, and I thought for sure, well, it's got to be COVID. It wasn't. I tested multiple times. It wasn't COVID. It was some other crud that I got, and it was pretty miserable. As far as I know, I still haven't had COVID. No. Um, but but you know what? No. Let's go back. We predicted this. We said that the normal course of a virus is that the virus does not want to kill its host because it requires a host to live. So viruses don't want to kill their host. They want to infect their host so that they can replicate. Like everything else on the planet, viruses want to replicate. They don't want to die. So the typical virus will start to evolve into something less deadly, not more deadly. Viruses will tend to evolve to spread easier so they can multiply more, and they'll tend to get more mild over time as they mutate so that they don't kill their host. That's exactly what we predicted. We said that natural immunity will be far better than the vaccine. And each round of the new variants have proven exactly that. They always come out and say, oh my God, the new variant spreads so easy. Right, that's what we expected to happen. Let's yeah. wait and see whether it's mild or not. And so far, every time, the next variant is more mild than the last variant, to the point where we're at now, where almost everybody seems to be getting COVID, but nobody's getting very sick.
7: Um, so the only reason she got sick is because she had it got, the, uh, got yeah. the vaccine. And, and yeah. the hospital, you know, they're they're. They're covering their blood, and you know, oh, it's not the vaccine, it's not the vaccine, you know, and and how are we supposed to keep track of this stuff if doctors won't go use the, uh, yeah. is it the virus and uh,
0: the, the vaccine the system, so whatever right.
7: that system is? You
0: yeah, know? they I, I, and. Yeah. It, it, we know that most doctors aren't using it and those numbers have gone through the roof. They're not even close to anything we've seen for the last 30 plus years that we've had that system. They have they have gone up hundreds of times and, and we ignore the reports that are there and we know there are a lot of reports that aren't there. It's just, it, it's really really frustrating to watch people suffering like this and people dying and being injured and maimed and just that they will just do everything they can to say oh oh no this isn't the vaccine well, well what the hell is it then you know I, I now I'm starting to hear doctors say well come on this can't be the vaccine I've vaccinated thousands of patients and most of them are okay most of them all of yeah. them should be okay all of them should be. Yeah, well, you, know, it, it, you know, when we look back at some of the worst disasters we've had with drugs, and Vioxx comes to mind, Vioxx was given to millions of people for arthritis pain. 60 some thousand of them died. Now, you could look at that and go, oh, but the, the vast majority of people that took Vioxx are okay, they didn't die. But 60-some thousand is a lot. We pulled the drug off the market like we should have. I have a feeling this vaccine is hurting way more people than Vioxx ever did.
7: Well, and it's it's especially important to me because it's somebody, you know, it's a close loved one.
0: uh, Yeah. You know, it's...
7: the, The system that she
0: was a part of her whole life, uh, failed her miserably. Yeah, they, they, you know. In, in so many ways, and, too. it turns they, they, they failed yeah, well, her by forcing her to take this with no evidence that it's safe or effective. Um, and, and, you know, they're they're failing her again by not admitting what caused this so it can be dealt with. Yeah,
7: yeah. And to add insult to injury there, they my brother took her in because he thought she was having a stroke. And then when they tested her for COVID, they kicked him out because she has to be quarantined. And and another hospital system in our area, what they do is the loved one can stay with them one, one uh, close relative a day in, in protective clothing. And you know he was living with her, and he ended up getting COVID. By the way, we were never in contact, so we didn't. You know, I did. not You know, I would have really felt bad if I had seen my brother and then my sister and all ended up with it. But um, you know, and then they go, well, you know, don't, you know, if you call it, it, it confuses the relatives, and you know. Uh, <sighs> It, well, it's awful. they tried taking her phone away from her, and and she she got combative, and then they, they uh you know she's seventy one years old and, and and is all drugged up, but she's a professional. She understand was going. The the right. nurses were trying to give her pills and not checking, and she spit them out because she taught nursing, You don't do that. You check the <laughs> right. pill, You check the chart. And they were just here. Take these. And and. And then they wanted to take her phone, and apparently she swung or something, and, uh, you know, and then, oh, uh, you know, she's crazy. Uh, ship her uh, to the state facility, uh, and the power of attorney. Uh, the,
0: Unbelievable.
7: The husband, or, you know, whoever had power, absolutely no rights. It wasn't until they transferred her to another hospital where they uh, enacted his power of attorney. But, uh, yeah, it's. it's uh, it, it's
0: it's a, it's a real tragedy i um, it, it really yeah. is hey hey steve the uh we're gonna get the tribe together here and send out prayers
7: okay appreciate it um, she's she's beat the odds before we're hoping you know uh um, so, and everybody that they, they took so much fluid and spinal fluid and blood and all over, sent all over the place, you know. That,
3: Sounds like
7: uh, it. So hopefully somebody can figure it out. I mean, there was seven, 10 to seven days wasted though. And exactly. in something like this, after age, I mean, you it, gotta know that right away, you know, and then it, your, your, your first inclination is to protect the virus, or vaccine rather.
0: Exactly. Uh, and, and, and deal with it. And there are protocols to help deal with it too. You know, her, it, it sounds like what's happening is the vaccine has induced her, her immune system into overdrive. And, and that's yep. part of, yep.
7: yeah, well, and, right.
0: so everything now should be directed and, towards calming down the immune system.
7: Well, they, they, I think they put her on steroids because encephalitis, you get brain inflammation. Right. Um, and and and, and there, there was a hearing, you know, when she was in the, the facility there, and a nurse said she's she's grabbing it, she sees lights. And, you know, but she has, if you have encephalitis, there's, uh, brain inflammation is she's got this tumor wrapped, this benign tumor wrapped around her octa optic right. nerve, and of course you're going to see lights, it's like getting, getting hit in the head, you know, and you like, see exactly. stars, you know, I mean, yeah. it, but oh no, she's crazy, she's crazy, it's not medical, you know, and then the doctor, the first the, at the first hospital, the doctor said, well, she's been like this for a long time. No, four days.
0: Exactly. That's
7: a long time,
0: yeah, right? <laughs> you
7: no. know, she she got she's got a uh, her file is pretty thick because she had breast cancer and this other tumor thing that you know. And she was fine, you know, living a good life. And, yeah. You know, feeling like, feeling like she wanted to get back to volunteer. You know, I think. Mean, yeah. You know, if if you gotta get the shot the volunteer, you gotta find somebody else. That's
0: what I mean. Exactly. So, that, that. That's exactly right. There are just way, way too many of these stories now. Yep.
7: No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. That that COVID I went through was uh a nowhere near life threat, you know. <laughs> Ex- but, uh,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah. All right, Steve, I hate to hear it, we'll, uh, we'll send out prayers, keep us uh, updated on what's going on. Uh, there's just, there are way too many of these stories. Let's go to Wisconsin. Brad, welcome to the program.
6: Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Good, what's on your mind? Say, hey, um, I started your carnivore diet about a week and a half ago, and I started tracking my blood sugar a week before I started this diet. And when I'd wake up in the morning, I checked my blood sugar. It would be around 110 to 120. And it would go up to about 130 during the day. But now that I started the diet, it's been down in the low 70s and it really doesn't get above 80. Excellent. Or I mean 100 anymore. Excellent. But the question I have is my granddaughter. Is in the Girl Scouts and they had a pancake breakfast and I wasn't going to eat anything but I just couldn't say no to her. And two hours after I ate that one pancake with butter and syrup on it, my blood sugar was sixty-three.
0: How long after? Concerned about how long after? Two hours. So it would have been interesting if we could have got a reading at one hour. What, what may be happening, my guess is you had a big spike at one hour um, and then a big drop, okay. which is actually a good sign. We'd like to see a good, strong insulin response like that. You know, you introduced a bunch of sugar, your blood sugar starts to run up, your body sees it, releases the insulin, your cells are responding to the insulin, it drops the number back down. That may actually be a really good reading.
6: Okay. I sure didn't feel good after that. I got real lightheaded and had the Well, that, to that's,
0: that, that is part of the problem that tells us you were, and probably still are somewhat, because you just changed your diet a week or so ago, um, diabetic. Yeah. That's a typical diabetic pattern. We, that When people start to lose control of their blood sugar is when we can finally see what's happening. They go years and years and decades where okay. they eat whatever they want, their blood sugar's pretty normal, so we think everything's okay. But it's not, it, It's their body is just still good at releasing insulin and their cells, cells still respond to it until someday it just doesn't. And then then we call them diabetic, but that's been happening over decades. So you've caught this. Like I said, it would have been interesting if you would have had a continuous glucose monitor we would have been able to see that pattern. But my guess is you just had a big spike and then a big drop and you will feel bad. You'll feel really bad. It's very uncomfortable. And it's our body's warning sign. If your blood sugar drops too low, you can die. So our our body has lots of warning signs to tell you your blood sugar is getting kind of low. But once you get healthy, once you get metabolically healthy, low blood sugar disappears completely. Are you on, I don't know if you said, are you on any kind of diabetic medications? No, nothing. Okay. Because that will just exacerbate the problem of low blood sugars. But um, you just saw what we would expect, just a a pattern where it just spiked.
4: Yeah.
6: Okay. Well, I got your... uh... Bile salts and it doesn't seem to be doing anything for me. I started out with two and then up to like six and do I need to take more, do you think?
0: Um, well are you having any indications of poor fat digestion?
6: Uh, just a little bit. I mean if you look in there you can see a little bit of Okay. Yeah, then I, I, I would, on
0: top, but you can increase the dose of the bile salts until that disappears. The nice thing about supplements is most of them are pretty self-regulating. The only downside to taking more than you should is that you probably waste some money when you do it. but there there are very few of our supplements have any real negative side effects. So um, sometimes we recommend what's called a loading dose where the first week or so you actually take double. The recommended, to kind of get some built up in the, the system. But if, if you've still got some of the symptoms, yeah, take sure. more.
6: Okay, I will do that. Um, the other question I had for you was, I drive truck, I'm gone from home four days a week, and I've had this problem ever since I started driving truck. But I got a fear of truck stop bathrooms. And when I leave Tuesday... I leave Tuesday night, Tuesday, I do my business and then I won't have any urge to go to the bathroom again until I get home on Saturday. So and sometimes that, it's Sunday or Monday before it happens. So
0: that's not a good thing, it, it, but you, you've kind of trained yourself into this and, and that's how powerful our brain is. Um, it, you kind of told us what the issue is. It's it's in your, you know, you're thinking about it. You prefer, you know, being at home. I, I get that. But you got to try to figure out a way to get over this because you've trained yourself into a really bad habit.
6: Okay. I'll have to work on that.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, the, the so, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm not a psychologist at all, and I, I don't really have a whole lot of advice on, on how you do this other than you just use pure willpower and you just kind of power your way through it and, you know, deal with it and, and get over it. But you, you have kind of talked yourself into and trained yourself into a, a bad habit. and We should work to break that.
6: Okay. And, you know what, while we're talking right, about more that, that,
0: that, one of the things, and I see a lot of people do this, we're busy. We have, you know, busy lives. People wake up in the morning and they have the urge, but you know, the kids need breakfast and we got to get them out to the bus. And you know, we, we've got an email we have to answer and then we're late for work and the car won't start. So we, we put it off. And if you put off that urge long enough, you'll create the problem. So all of us should get in the habit when you feel the urge, just go deal with it. Don't put it off. If you make a habit of putting it off, you will create this pattern.
6: Okay. Perfect. Ah. I was just at the doctor, and they just did my lab work, and he said everything looks good except for one thing. He said my vitamin D was 103, and that's way too high. Is, that, is 103 too high?
0: Eh, it's a little high, but I, I'd much rather see it at 103 than at 30 where they think it's okay. Um, if you're supplementing vitamin D, you could back off the supplement a little bit, but I wouldn't be too worried about this.
6: Okay. Yeah, I'm using your vitamin D is I just backed
0: off a couple drops. But. That that'll be fine. You know, I, sure. I don't worry when mine's at a hundred, okay. I, I might adjust it by a drop or two, but I, I don't really pay much attention to that. I, I see zero negative consequences from being at a hundred, but the first time I let mine get down into the forties I got sick. Huh. Okay. Yeah. First time I was right, sick in, Kevin, in eight years. Yeah, it was the first time I was sick in eight years. It was also the first time in eight years I'd let my vitamin D level get that low. Maybe it was a coincidence, um, but I kind of doubt it. All right. We're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, we're, in fact, we're going to wrap it up for the week. I'm about to, uh, to start my holiday weekend right now. So we will see you back here on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.